Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tanell, for today, Sunday, October 14th. Uh, what a beautiful day it is today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. If you have a comment or question for tonight's show, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. You can also hit us up um, on Facebook. We are face. I'm sorry, we are Beauty Talk online on Facebook, and we are beauty underscore talk underscore media on Instagram and beauty underscore talk um, on Twitter, and you can send us a message on either one of those if you have a comment or a question, and we'll make sure we get your comment or question on the line tonight. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Denise so she, she can greet you as well. Good evening, everyone, and once again, thank you all for joining us tonight. I don't have any beauty news for tonight, but I do want to uh, give a shout-out to some of our listeners who joined us um, on last week's show as well as throughout the week for the replay and um, and also joining us uh, by listening to our archive uh, shows as well. So we want to thank, of course, our listeners in the U.S., our listeners in the U.K., Australia, uh, New Zealand, Ecuador, Canada, Indonesia, uh, so many countries in Africa, so all over Africa and South America, and the list just goes on and on. So we just want to thank you all for uh, continuing to support us by, um, by listening to our show. And again, if you have questions or comments and you want to call in, you can dial 914-803-4399. Um, I do have a quick uh, 
announcement in the form of news. Um, I know you've heard us say it the last few weeks, but I'm going to repeat it again. But here in Atlanta um, from November 16th through the 18th will be IMAT Atlanta. It's the first time that the International Makeup Artist Trade Show will be here in Atlanta. So this is the first year. And my sister and I will be teaching our class, Clean Beauty um, Makeup uh, Tips and Tricks for Actors of Color. And that's going to be on Sunday. So we have the schedule now. It's Sunday. So just wanted to uh, let you guys know. I know we've been announcing it, but we didn't have a um, we didn't have an actual time. And that time is 10:45 a.m. to 11:45 a.m. So it's, it's in the morning. Um, I think the show starts around maybe 10 on that day. So we're 10:45 to 11:45 on Sunday, the November 18th, and then maybe <laughs> probably about. Uh, about an hour and a half or so after that, we will be over at the Ben Nye booth. At the Ben Nye booth, um, we'll be over there uh, doing demos at the Ben Nye booth. So, again, we are all day Sunday at IMATS. We're teaching at 1045 to 1145, and then we'll be over at the Ben Nye booth doing two demonstrations, okay? So that's November 18th, but IMATS is November 16th through 18th. And we'll talk a little bit more each week about it so you'll know exactly what's going what's going on. All right. So I just wanted to mention that. And um, we have two great artists on the show with us tonight. And tonight we want to talk about the landscape of beauty, uh, talk a little bit about the past, present, and the future of the beauty industry. Um, and so we're going to bring our guest on tonight. We have hairstylist Joyce Gilliard and makeup artist Cindy Watson. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad you guys are here with us, and thank you, ladies, for um, what you bring to the beauty industry. Um, Let's start the show off tonight. I know it's been some years, Cindy, since you've been on the show, and it's been some months, Joyce, since you've been on. Why don't we start by the both of you just introducing yourselves to our audience and um, telling them a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what inspired you to become a makeup artist and hairstylist, and as well as talk a little bit about what you currently do in the beauty industry today. So let's let's start with you, Cindy. Hi, everyone. So, yes, I've been in the beauty industry for, oh, my gosh, I don't want to say 30 years, but I think it's about 30 years. Um, my journey started early on when I was uh, modeling, and then I uh, fell into makeup just because artists didn't really know how to do women of color's makeup. So as a model, I started doing my own makeup as an artist. I was a fine artist doing portraits, and that was what I majored in as fine art, and uh, doing faces and color theory. So it just makes sense for me to sort of move into that I was doing my own makeup, and models would ask me to do their own because they'd say, oh, who did your makeup? And I did mine, and so I started doing others. That then moved me into people asking, why don't I do makeup? And me at that time, which was 30 years ago, not understanding that that could be not only a fulfilling career but also a very lucrative career as well. 
So once I learned that, I started um, assisting amazing makeup artists like Anita Gibson, who is the lead for um, Power, the TV show now. She actually really is instrumental in really bringing me into the um, makeup arena. I mean, I didn't even know it was a – Actually, a job to be, you know, a career to have. And Anita Gibson mm-hmm. was the one that actually brought me in. And then when I realized what I really wanted to do, what my passion was, it was I kind of moved into the retail part of it. And then that was when I started with Bobby Brown. And Bobby Brown showed me another side, which was amazing. Um, and then as I moved with Bobby Brown and grew with that retail. I left Bobby Brown as the executive director of global artistry and education development, which was a long, I was there for 14 years, 14 and a half years. And then um, started working at Mark Avon. And while I was at Mark Avon and, and Avon doing um, artistry, I was their lead artist. I did their Magalogs, product development, you name it. I was, you know, on, on staff there, I moved on to HSN with my own line, Color by Cindy Watson, and then Watson Richmond Group developed, and I started doing media coaching for some of the top brands and artists that are in high end media today, which is amazing. And now, what I do is I'm still consulting, working with Watson Richmond Group. Um, I have some other things on the horizon now, but I have been really instrumental in working with Becca Cosmetics um, on everything from product development, uh, marketing, uh, strategic marketing, and um, all of their campaign shoots. Wow. Great. That's a lot. I had no idea. From from the Today Show to Wendy Williams to Rachel Ray, you name it, Dr. Oz, that's something else I do as well. Nice. But I had no idea you did, like, all that media coaching and marketing and all that for brands. I had no idea. Yes, ma'am. I, and the reason why I you no one knows is because those are the things that you, you know, unless a brand wants you to let them know or the person mm-hmm. wants people to know, it's almost like plastic surgery. It's like, do yeah, you want me yeah. to know that you have a little something done? Um, I feel like unless the brand or that artist talks about it, I don't typically put it out there, you know, and you would, if I tell you the names of the YouTubers or the, you know, the the people that you know that are really doing a lot on Instagram and YouTube and the beauty industry, and also a lot of um, the videos, training videos for Sephora and Ulta, I've worked with amazing brands, um, with their artists on that as well. Oh, and when nice. you think of what brand you think of it, trust me, I've done you, it. You've, you've done, done it. it. <laughs> and I've worked with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a pleasure too. It's such a pleasure. Um, but some of the, the major top brands um, and also with people for QVC as well, helping the artists mm-hmm. that are on QVC and HSN and a lot of uh, electronic retail as well. Wow. It's wow. so much you can get into in this beauty industry. Um, well, we'll talk about that um, in a few minutes. But um, And I didn't know that Anita was re- kind of responsible for you, I guess, even being on um, on that side of the business. 
Yeah, Anita, I, I never get a chance to just talk about her, and um, I want to give her that because she was the one that said, hey, come and assist me on a lot of the early, like, you know, Girl 6 and Kipling um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the uh, Nike campaigns, Got Next, and um, all mm-hmm. of that. I worked with Anita Gibson on that, and she brought me wow. in and, and identified my a talent and said, you know what, you're going to be, and, and you have, you have it. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I want to let people know. And I, you know, I think she's so amazing and what she's doing now mm-hmm. and what she did with Spike Lee and what she's doing now on power. She's a genius mm-hmm. and she is constant and consistent and she was a great teacher. And she was also a great inspiration and mentor to me. Nice. Wow. But you know, Cindy, wow. before we get to Joyce, I just want to say that that from and this is Denise speaking, but for for me and for a lot of um, the other young ladies who um, freelance for Bobby Brown alongside me, we looked up to you. I, I guess the kind of the same way, you know, you looked up to um, Anita because whenever we were doing events here in the Atlanta area, and you would come to town. That, that's kind of how we thought of you, like, oh, my God, Cindy's coming. Like, it was, you know, it was a big deal back then for all the different artists who would, you know, travel out of, either from New York, Chicago, San Francisco. You know, we looked at all of you guys like this is huge for them to come here to be with us, you know, to introduce these that's products so to the, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was huge yeah. for us. And so – it's always funny when I, even just every time I hear your name, I always think back to those days and I always think back to like, yeah. you know, just training sessions that we would have with you and things like yeah. that. And I mean, it was, it, it was, you're a big deal to me. Oh, I'm humbled by that. And I don't take any of that. Honestly, I don't take that for granted one second. And I think that's why I think it's important to talk about Anita as well. Cause I never get a chance to tell people she was the one that sparked my you know, the fire in me to, you know, move into this arena. And she showed me the hard work. I mean, I got tossed into the Spike Lee arena. Like, it was like, okay, you're on the movie set. Boom. You're on the commercial. Boom. You've got to get it. You have to figure it out. And um, so I was very blessed that she coached me, but I was also thrown in to figure it out as well. So I kind of had a balance of, okay, show me what you got. Because Spike, he doesn't care who's the lead or who's the assistant. Yeah. He needs makeup. He needs makeup. I remember the day that Anita said to me, we were on a Phillips uh, commercial in, uh, at the, in the Wall Street area, and one of the models bumped her head, and she was bleeding. So I ha- and that wasn't part of the script. And Anita was doing something else, and she was just like, Spike is like, get this girl together. And I was like, I looked at her like, you know, help. And she was like, figure it out and I was like okay and you just sink or swim and I think that is something today it's almost like the chopped of makeup right and I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't have that as much today as we had then you figure it out there's no airbrushing there's right. no, there, right. there wasn't a lot of that and back in those days if they had you were you were sort of measured on how how little they had to airbrush. So if a brand didn't yeah. have to airbrush, they booked you more. You know, now mm-hmm. it's like I lay, you know, they lean back. It's like, oh, yeah, they'll airbrush it. They'll airbrush it. Right. So what right. 
what to, you know, and I still sort of, it's tough. People look at me, oh, she's tough, she's tough. And when I'm on set, I do require as a director of makeup now, you know, the artist, I, I, I book artists with that, you know, high level of expectation because that's what I learned. And I think ultimately we're moving, I'm watching us move back to that standard. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what that was the Spike Lee standard. That was the Bobby Brown standard at the time. That was my yeah. standard because that's how I learned, and that was the Anita standard. And you can see that on power now. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And before I move on to Joyce, I just I'm going to piggyback on what my sister said. And, and I freelance for Bobby in the the Maryland D.C. area. And yes. again, when we when we knew that you were coming, <laughs> it was like <laughs> a big. Thing. So oh, again, I, I just like, back on what she's saying. And then speaking Thank of Anita, God. you know, I met her back in. I worked with her back in 2007, and mm-hmm. after that year, we I hadn't seen her at all. Now she did. She was a guest on our show, but I hadn't seen her since 2007. And then she called me last year, right around this time. I, my sister and I were working <laughs> together on the project. And when we wrapped that project, we were going to have like maybe a week or two off, and then we were going to start another project. But she called and she was like, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And I and I told her, <laughs> and she was like, "You want to you want to come do this movie? Department head this movie?" And I really was not in the mood <laughs> to do to department head <laughs> anything. I just wanted I just wanted those two weeks off. <laughs> so I hear you. But, but but because of her, you know, I, I I really have so a big respect for her because she, you know, she fought for me. She believed in me. She was like, you can do this. I mean, I've department headed before, but I just was not in the mood. And so, uh, but, but the great thing that I loved about this project was that, you know, she was hired on it first, but then Power wanted her, and so she couldn't do it. Um but she hung in there, and she helped me through the prepping process. I still had uh, three weeks left on the show that I was doing, and she was really a big and instrumental in prepping and helping me make that transition from one show to the next. Um, and I, I'm amazing. just so grateful to her. And, you know, so I just had to say that. She's, oh, she's no, an amazing like she's artist. That hidden, she's so like that hidden gem, you know. It's like mm-hmm. um, I don't – I tell people and a lot of people don't know who she is. And when I say, they say, how did you get started? I mean, even like if I do an allure article or I do whatever, I'll mention her. And sometimes it comes out in the article and sometimes it doesn't because they don't know because it, you know, there's such, you know, that that's TV, that's film versus beauty, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. So some mm-hmm. people don't even know mm-hmm. who she is, but in this, you know, situation, I wanted to definitely give her, those props because, and to your point, you know, it's an inspiration. It's that person who has been a constant and, you mm-hmm. know, someone that is definitely uh, expert in what she does. And, you know, their beauty and TV and film are different, but in terms of that mm-hmm. drive and that, um, that, that inspiration and that person that's going to, you know, um, support you and to give you that tutorial and sort of teach you, how to do what you want to do. She's, she was the one. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I know we're almost 20 minutes into the show, but 
Joyce, <laughs> would you please? It's okay. <laughs> I was really just impressed just listening to everything that you all were saying. Wow, that was just awesome to hear, you know, the beginning, you know, your start and, you know, how people, certain people inspired you. It, I was enjoying it, so don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you got into doing hair and what you're currently working on and what inspired you to even become a hairstylist. Well, I've been doing hair for over 25 years. Um, I grew up in my grandmother's beauty salon and, you know, at five years old, just watching her and her sisters, you know, do press and curls and everything. And I remember telling my grandmother while I was sitting down braiding my Barbie dolls, you know, um, mm-hmm. I want to do hair just like you. And from that point, my grandmother took me under her wings and kind of like molded me and taught me mm-hmm. how to do hair. So by the time I was in high school, you know, I was already prepped with the basics. So I ended up going to cosmetology school so I can get my license. And, you know, my grandmother was really a big inspiration for me because it was like just to see the creativity that she had, you know, seeing somebody come in the salon, you know, with the hair looking all like a hot mess. And leaving mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, and then just being there to see how, um, you know, it was like she was a doctor, you know, and which she became a doc, she she became a doctor in cosmetology also. So that inspired me to work towards getting my doctorate in cosmetology, which I have like another year to go before I do get that. And right. um, but you know, um, it's like. I grew up in a salon, moved away from South. I'm from South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. And, you know, my husband was military. So we lived up north most of my career. Um, I opened up a salon in upstate New York. And, you know, after our station was, our tour was up, we moved to New Jersey. And at Mm -hmm. that time, you know, I was a salon consultant for Manhattan where I gave classes. Um, I did platform artistry and you know then I started evolving doing more of film stuff there um I ended up working on a reality show runs house and from that point on you know it was like hmm I kind of like this so um I feel like my path just was led more into the film world and Um, We moved and relocated back to South Carolina where I became the first and only African-American hairstylist to be accepted into the union, the local 798 union. And once I got in the union, I started to bring other people under me. You know, I tried to, you know, help other hairstylists, you know, to know that there's so much more out there, you know, than just, being in the salon and, and, you know, doing hair. And I ended up leaving South Carolina, moving to Atlanta because the work was just calling like crazy here. And since I've been in um, Atlanta, I've been working on many shows. Um, I started an organization called I Say TV and Film. 
um, to bring safety awareness to the industry. And I am presently working um, on the department head for Boomerang, a TV series that will be starting this week. Funny. (laughs) This week. And, um, you know, I'm a safety advocate, and I'm just out here promoting safety on set. And I am also um, being recognized and honored at the Buford International Film Festival with the Behind the Scenes Award. Nice. I tried to put everything in a little nutshell, so, yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations <laughs> well, for war. You definitely deserve it. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And just to, put, just to put what my sister and I have done in a nutshell, uh, we both um, have been in the business for 20 years. We both have corporate um, backgrounds. She's worked as an accountant. I've worked as a tax accountant. Um, and somehow we wound up being makeup artists. <laughs> That's another thing for another show. We're here, and we've been here for two years, um, you know, dibbing and dabbing in a little bit of everything, but uh, film and television is our our main uh, concentration um, in beauty. Um, I know social media has been a big thing, you know, and and when we all first started – there was nothing called social media around. It was barely the internet. So mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. The, and besides the internet and social media, what other changes have you guys noticed that that's really important to the industry? Have you noticed anything that's different from then to now, but that but it has made a really big impact on uh, your areas of the industry? Well, you know, um, one, one thing I, well, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say, oh, I, have, I happened to write this down because I, I wanted to make sure I remembered it. But, but, Cindy, you mentioned when you first started how artists didn't know how to do women of color. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Janice and I have just, you know, we, this is our thing. This is our platform. This is one thing we like to, you know, when we're at IMATS or, or wherever else we go, we, we'd like to teach about makeup for people of color. And I find that this is something that that hasn't changed much. Um, it's still kind of an issue. And I think um, – now, I, I know a ton of people who are not African American, who are not, who don't have brown skin, who can really, you know, be the face of a brown mm-hmm. woman. Yeah, but but there are still people out there who um, who can't, and part of the problem is they don't have the products in their kit, and um, and it's not mm-hmm. that the products aren't out there; they are out there, and they've been out there for a while because I've been using them since the beginning of my career. So you can't say that, you know, that they, they, don't, they can't get the products because they can. Some people choose not to even carry certain products in their kits. So I think that's the, the start of being able to do that, to do that type of work is just having the products. Um, do you find, do any of you, 
find that a lot of I think I don't I don't know I think people kind of carry in their kits what they're used to doing. If you're used to working with Caucasian women, then that's the makeup you're going to carry, and you're not going to carry any more than that. Right. Like I feel like there's so many things around nowadays that where you can downsize your kit, where you can carry it all. You know, you've got the Z palettes and you got everything else, and there's just ways of, of downsizing so that you can have a full range of color cosmetics in your kit. So, so to me, that's no longer an excuse. But I just don't understand why there's not much of a, a, a difference and why there, you know, things haven't really changed much in that area. You know what I've seen too is um, um, what you're saying is because they may have the products in their kit, but a lot of people don't know how to use the products. You know what I mean? It's like some of them don't even know how to use some of the products, so they stay away from it, you know, because they don't want to mess up or put the wrong thing on. You know, like even um, for, for like, the hair. Yeah, ex- but see, some of these makeup artists and are self-proclaimed makeup artists who haven't really had, you know, any teachings or classes or workshops. They just get their makeup or, you know, products and just go play in the mirror, and then they're self-proclaimed makeup artists, right. you know, because they have mm-hmm. a YouTube video or a YouTube channel or whatever, Instagram page, and people follow them because they're applying their makeup because they've watched techniques and stuff, but, you know, a lot of people don't know how to use the stuff, you know, yeah. and I think that's one of the problems, one of the issues, because even with hair, um, hair products, like for me, when it's something new, I go study it, I learn about it, learn what it does, you know, how to use it, when to use it, you know, and it's constantly, I'm constantly learning, you know. So you know that goes, don't, that goes. I think, no, I mm-hmm. think that's a... Okay. Amazing point as the education mm-hmm. of it all. Education and yeah. experience, I think, yeah. um, is lacking today. And I think that because the brands see value, they've seen more value in followers, not the value in the expertise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I get a lot of people that come to me and they say, oh, we want to partner with you. Where's, you know, I know you have Instagram and Facebook. Where's your YouTube channel? blah, 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 and I'm like, listen, I'm not, it's fantastic that people have YouTube YouTube channels because I think that is a new space of uh, bringing beauty to another level. I get that. Yeah. I I am not that, though, and I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of the people that are Mm -hmm. doing it, and I'm proud that I am not that. I am the expert. I am the person who has studied it, experienced it, tried Mm -hmm. and trued it, and when you hear from me, you know my opinion is that I've tried it on mm-hmm. many women, myself, and I can come to you with a really clear, you know, test of this product or this, you know, method. So mm-hmm. what's happening now is we're selling ourselves to likes. Mm-hmm. And what are we mm-hmm. liking? It's like, what is the like for? Do we like how it looks on that particular person? Do we like that they have experience? Do we like that they have their own expertise? Do we like that they know and they have a broad spectrum experience on other people? What exactly are we liking and what exactly are we celebrating? 
And I think mm-hmm. we're going to get to a space where, and I feel it happening now based on working with different brands and, and watching how they partner with influencers. Um, I think now we're, we're slowly moving back to the experts and we're slowly moving back to, you know, vetting the situation more on all than on one. And I think when I, if I did makeup on myself every day and told you guys how it worked on me, for you to judge how it's going to work on you, I mm-hmm. really don't think that's going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, yeah. Ultimately, I could love something on me and I could say, I think maybe it would work on you. But that's all hypothetical. What an expert Mm -hmm. does is tried and true. We tried it on 19 skin tones. We tried it on global skin tones. I was in Korea. Mm -hmm. I was in Japan. I was in Singapore. I was in Paris. I was in Italy. I tried the same product when these global people have a different hierarchy on what they choose to start with in the morning. Somebody starts with concealer. Somebody starts with sunscreen. Somebody starts mm-hmm. with, you know, foundation. Some people don't care about foundation. For black women, mm-hmm. foundation isn't a necessity. It's not the mm-hmm. highest on our beauty list. So when I talk mm-hmm. to brands about discontinuing foundations, I always they say they don't sell. At what, what are you basing that on? How are you ranking that? How are you judging that? So if you're judging if a mahogany or deeper brand, brand, brand shade is selling based on what a sand or, a, you know, in a lighter brand or, mm-hmm. a, or what they call nude brand right. shade is selling in terms of hierarchy, that's not fair. You know, right. mm-hmm. it may be selling extremely well for brown people, but if you're talking about a cultural we're not culturally taught to wear foundation because we don't mm-hmm. necessarily need it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So if, right. You're, if, you're, if you're raised by a grandmother, a, a great-grandmother, a mother, an aunt, that every day you wear foundation, period, end of story. That's, just the, that's your life. You wake up, you, you, take, you drink coffee, you wake up, you brush your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. And you brush your teeth. You drink coffee, you put your moisturizer on, you put your sunscreen on, and you put your foundation on. That's how you've been raised since a little girl, mm-hmm. a little boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're going to buy and purchase that way. If you're raised, you wake up, you have your coffee, you brush your teeth, you have your coffee, you put your moisturizer on, you might put a lipstick on, and you get out of the house. Right. You don't even put sunscreen on because you haven't learned that. Then right. your sales are going to show that. And until you educate me and until you Absolutely. provide products that work for me in that way and you don't measure mm-hmm. it against someone that has a different cultural reality, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. I mean, that's right. how it is. This is how it is. Mm. You've left us speechless. I know, because I'm very passionate about this, because I feel like, you know, I was uh, quoted, I was was very honored to be chosen in this month's special issue with Rihanna, um, and them celebrating Fenty and Rihanna, 
to write a letter to Riri. And I did, you know, and I felt very honored that they came to me, Allure magazine, and asked me to um, write to her. Because in my quest, you know, I've been very, I've been a very big advocate um, of the brands, you know, looking at their imagery and looking at their, at their, you know, offering in terms of shade range and not only with foundation, but in color um, to include all women. Right. And so mm-hmm. as Rihanna jumped into the, the industry and with Fenty, I was very excited about it, but I was also wanting her to understand that the fight has been there you know, for many years, and there are brands yes. that have been doing it. Um, yes. And doing it in a good way, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that she jumped in and jumped in strong and hard and fearless and passion with a major passion um, in this environment for it to be uh, recognized and for us all to wake up. I appreciated that to bring it forward. But I also Mm -hmm. wanted to say we've all been fighting for many years to make this happen, Mm -hmm. but excited that she, with her prestige and her celebrity and with her passion, she's been able to make people listen, right? With her partnership with Sephora, they're listening. It's very important. So I don't definitely would never minimize it. I definitely celebrate it. But I also don't want to minimize the brands that have been doing it and and the artists that have been doing it uh, for many years, right? Um, Absolutely. So when I say that, it's like I do have a passion about it. I have a passion about understanding us as artists. And I certainly don't want to take all the time because I want to talk about texture of hair and I want to talk about all that. When we talk about imagery – we're talking about, we're not only talking about skin tone, we're talking about facial features, we're talking about noses, Absolutely. we're talking about mm-hmm. eyes, we're talking about lip size. You know, when mm-hmm. I see Lupita, I love her. I love mm-hmm. Lupita Nyong'o, and I appreciate mm-hmm. the elevation of her beauty and understanding and recognizing she's a beautiful woman with natural hair or texture mm-hmm. hair, which I like to say more than natural. Mm-hmm. I like to say texture mm-hmm. hair. I, whatever it is. Her skin tone, but me when I when I'm talking about myself, that's not the image for me. When I see her, uh-huh. I still feel like I'm not recognized because I have a broader nose, and my skin isn't uh-huh. that tone, and my hair is a little different, and I'm more of an uh-huh. African American woman that I feel like our features need to be recognized in beauty. So uh-huh. by mm. no means, by no means am I negating that. I feel like, yes, yes. Uh-huh. When I saw her, I went crazy. Yes. Because my sister uh-huh. is that skin tone in one family, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But then when I'm saying uh-huh. personally, I don't see myself, even in her. Right. right. So we uh-huh. have to find that. And it's very dangerous because right. people get mad. What you talking about? They're mad at me. Don't mm-hmm. get mad at me. I'm celebrating right. that. But when I'm right. very fair, I see very fair and very deep. I'm celebrating that. But mm-hmm. where right. am I 
in that too, in terms not in my skin tone because I can wear anything. I'm right in the middle, so I don't don't cry for me in terms of skin tone. But what I'm saying in in every where where's my nose? You know, where's my broad nose? Where's where are my features? So I think when right. brands talk about inclusivity, they not only need to think of skin tone, hair texture, they've got to think mm-hmm. about facial features also. Don't give me a, mm-hmm. a European nose. Don't give me the That's right. face yes. and, with a darker skin. Don't give me that. That's but right. give me that. I mean, not give right. me that, but can you add in a broader nose, a rounder face? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Great point. Great point. Let's talk a little bit about this textured hair um, situation, you know, um, because there's a a lot going on with that. Like, now it's a thing, you know what I mean? Like, people want to go back to that. And then there's those who are afraid to go there and then, you know, it's this there's, mm-hmm. you know, a big push on products and let's just talk about it a little bit. Like where where are we going with that? You know, it's it's funny because it is a conversation that we have all the time at work and even in the salons, the texture here and people um who are who realize that that look isn't for them. You know, it's a lot of work to, you know, um, maintain the look that, you know, the society puts on for what textured hair should be like. You know, when you see when you see what's on TV, you see more of like a 3C curl pattern or, you know, but, you know, you don't see like the 4Cs or, you know, it's like it's, it's just something. So, you know, people, uh, women of color who are trying to go back to their textured look, you know, are seeing these images out there thinking that their hair is going to do that. You know, so it's like when you when you say natural hair, natural just seems to have all these definitions. You know, I agree. Um, you know, it's so many definitions with natural, and so um, you know, it's hard to find products like for like like people like me. You know, my natural my natural hair might be a little curlier. And somebody else's might be like, um, I can't, what, the lady, you uh, just Nupita, you know, like a coarser, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. a coarser texture. So, you know, you're buying these products to, you know, to bring your curl texture, you know, have a nice curl pattern or whatever, but some of these products aren't working for your texture. So people are trying to figure it out because there's a whole array of products out there, but everybody's wanting to have it like how they see in the media, you know, and that's not how your hair is going to do. You know, you have to, and there aren't really the, a lot of products out there to, um, to cater to the different textures of hair because natural has been put in a, a box, and it's like there's so many forms of it out there now. And what I'm finding out now, people are starting to revert back to the relaxers. 
that's mm-hmm. what's happening oh, interesting. now. Interesting. Yeah. People are because fighting they see to that go it's back. Not, it's, not as, it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They see that, you know, if you want that curl pattern, you know, and I say that, so you, you know, like loosely, that curl pattern, you have to work to get it, like you need to twist your yeah. hair up at night, you know, mm-hmm. unless you really want to just go and be free, but a lot of people aren't really going to be ready, free, if you understand, no. you know, no. they're not ready for that free ready. look, you know what I they mean, like the, they um, like the, they like the sound bite, they like the, yeah. you know, the conversation, yeah. but when it comes to yeah. really doing it, it's like, I can't even deal reality is that good. My daughter, she was ready to go natural. She went natural the first three weeks textured. I hate natural because it's like natural is like what Mm -hmm. is that? But exactly. Exactly. It bothers me because as a a director of photo shoots, they'll say, oh, we want a natural rule. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, really? Exactly. So I go crazy exactly. with that. I'm like, that's, don't call it the, who, the, you know, white girls are natural. They're, that's their natural. Right. Exactly. So and that's natural. what I'm saying. That's and then, what I'm saying. It's the whole. And then you tell me if I'm right when I say, like, they'll, they'll say, hey, we're going to, we, we need to, you know, book a hairstylist that understands curly hair. And I'm like, my hair is not curly. It's textured. It's uh-huh. not a curly uh-huh. hair girl is different than a textured, yes. coily, yes. kinky, yes. whatever that is. Yes. So we need to understand yes. what they understand and the products exactly. they understand. So exactly. my daughter, she, bless her heart, she <laughs> started her, you know, sophomore year, twist out, it was fabulous, whatever, come week two. <laughs> It was worse than her getting a blowout and wrapping her hair <laughs> in terms of her by herself maintaining mm-hmm. it. I'm a makeup mm-hmm. artist. I turned into a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, now she's embraced because mm-hmm. I can't. It's, there's a mm-hmm. lot that comes with it. There's a lot. Yes. It's a commitment. It's product. Yes, it is everything. It, it really <laughs> Yes, you are right. And it, it is it, it really is a. Um, you have to change everything. Your mindset. You have to. You time. know, it's just a yes time, and a lot of us don't have time anymore. You know, um, but yes, people are starting to go back to relaxing their hair, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and because they can't, they they don't. It's a lot of work, more work than you actually thought it would be. Um, what I learned but yeah. globally as I was doing, you know, photo shoots around the globe is that it's interesting in terms of makeup hierarchy, but also learning hair, you know, and like in London versus Germany versus Paris mm-hmm. versus the U.S. versus New York versus L.A., you know, in the South. Mm-hmm. I mean, you tell me, but I've noticed there is a difference, you know, there's a different passion and mm-hmm. importance. Mhm, and it definitely is a difference. Um, and you know what? Um, it, going back to uh, with the texture here, uh, you know what I what happened with me? Um, you know when I got into this industry, you know I had to be able to do Caucasian hair and mm-hmm. textured hair, and you know it was like 
I couldn't get a job if I didn't know how to do Caucasian hair. But, you know, for me, I grew up doing all hair types and mm-hmm. all hair textures, you know. So it's like hair is hair. You know, when you go to school, you learn how to do hair, but they boxed it up where it's this texture, well, that, you know, um, Caucasian hair, you know, this hair. And it's funny. like Caucasians can't, uh, not all, but a lot of Caucasian hairstylists don't know how to do textured hair, you know. Correct. So, so it's like when I started out in the film industry, it was like I had to be able to do everybody or I wouldn't get a job. Right, right. 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 You know? But you've got to do know. that undone, messy, you know, yes. filthy, yes. beach wave. Yes. Yeah. yes. Absolutely. And I'll never forget when I start, I got this job, the department head called me because she wanted me to be her key. And she said, well, let me see your resume. So I sent her my resume. And she says to me, well, your resume doesn't show that you can do black people's hair. I was like, (laughs) she was like, your resume, all these are um, white films, white people films. This is what she said to me. You don't have anything on here that shows me that you can do black people hair. You know, and I found that interesting. You know, when she said that, I won't say what my response was, but <laughs> but it was, but I have it to was say. really. No, hmm? I'm not. Go ahead, and I'll tell you later. You know, and so I won't say what my response was to her, but, you know, it's like, wow, you know, it's crazy that that's how it is in our industry, you know, where you can do white hair, black hair, uh, this, if you can't do it, and, but we don't get the job, you know, but it's just, I, I don't know, it's just a crazy scenario and situation that, you know, she even asked me that based on my resume. I have to tell you, mm-hmm. now that I'm in the position of um, being head of artistry, and that means hair and makeup and going into into campaign shoots, I am that person. Like, I'll hear someone say, you know, I don't care if they're black. I don't care who they are. Like, I need to see the receipts. Like, I need to see the textured hair. I need to see the products that you – I need to hear you tell me the products you're using. And that is sad because you're the person who focuses on that and you've you've had a focus and a passion and a – expertise uh-huh. in that department. I think the sad uh-huh. part is is that we've had people that come on set, oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. I understand, you know, whatever. Yes. They get on set yes. and they come in with a cheap looking wig, synthetic yes. looking mm-hmm. like they just pulled it right out of the, you know, mm-hmm. um beauty supply store, shake it out and put it on a black woman's mm-hmm. head. And clearly oh, that's unacceptable. You know, Mm-mm-mm. maybe for some other culture, that's fine to use a cheap wig, but for us, right, right. So right. when I see a cheap wig without a, you know, a, a part that looks realistic, right, <laughs> put any effort into. There's no like any human hair at all mm-hmm. visible or mimicked. That's a problem. You, you know what? What you saying that it's like we've got well. We've gotten away from 
you know, making things realistic, making the hair realistic. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. People, like, you see that hair, that hard hair Honey, on with these wigs. I can't. And it's like, it's the norm now. Like, I you can't know even it's a wig. It. You I know, but that, that's how <laughs> the industry has changed. Back, mm-hmm. back in the day, it was all about, you know, just flowing, beautiful hair. Everybody took pride in the hair and the look. Absolutely. And now it's like everybody's wearing these wigs with these hard lines, and it's okay now. So that but I'm you gonna hang up. I'm going to go ahead and hang up because it's so true. <laughs> it's like it's gotten so relaxed and loose. Yes, that's wearing what I'm a wig saying. That it's right. like the, the expertise is getting lazy. Yeah. And exactly. it's like so right. It's people like your expertise that we need. And it's like we need to police that part. And we need to police right. that hairline. And we also need to police that texture. It's like yes. we can't have a lazy, cheap, synthetic wig. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But, exactly. but, you know, it's, it's – it's, um, Trisha took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to say we don't take pride in our work anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it goes mm-hmm. back to something that you said earlier, Cindy, when um, you were talking about, um, I can't exactly remember your exact words, but it's like, you know, like years ago we had to work for it. Whatever it was, we had to work yeah. for it. Now mm-hmm. people throw around, you know, people throw around, you know, I'm on my grind, and I'm, but nobody's grinding for real. Everybody's just mm-hmm. like, they, they, their grind is, okay, who they can I meet to give me a job? Real. And they hashtag it, but it's not real. They have their hands out, but they're not willing to work for anything. Work. Nothing. Right. They want to hide. Nothing. You know, they want to put their rate out there that's very elevated based on their followers or whatever it is yep. that they're doing. Yep. And back when we, and, you know, I have no problem getting shots at me. It's fine. I don't even care because I worked it and we worked it and it was a pride. It was something that I was very proud of. Even if I got negative from my client, I took that and I worked until I was booked again, hopefully, holding, crossing my fingers to be rebooked to show that client that I took notes and I got better mm-hmm. and I was focused mm-hmm. on whatever it was mm-hmm. to make that better. If it be, you know, fashion week or if it was a campaign editorial shoot, if it was fashion, beauty, there's, you know, there's such a difference in everything today. I mean, back in mm-hmm. the day, today people don't understand they're a level. So like when I hire mm-hmm. artists, people say, Oh, but she's so great. Or he's amazing. But old school me, I'll say, at what? Is he great at editorial? I'm not saying he's not an amazing makeup artist at editorial, but we're doing beauty. You know, that's Mm -hmm. different. Or is Mm -hmm. that an amazing hairstylist? Are they great at silky? Mm -hmm. Are they great at texture? Mm -hmm. And it's like Mm -hmm. today it's all, but you're hating because they're so great and you're not booking them. No, I'm not hating. I'm focused. I'm detailed. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at celebrating mm-hmm. people for what they're great at. Mm-hmm. And if they're great at mm-hmm. several things, that's great. But we've got to get the mm-hmm. best of the best on our set mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in our salons or whatever we're doing. You know what? Um, the millennials of today, 
they cannot accept. They cannot accept um, constructive criticism. No, you know, um, nobody. Everybody knows everything. Nobody's willing to learn or be educated on things that are done the right, the correct way. You know, Um, they all have ideas, but no one wants to receive ideas. You know what I mean? So, and I think it's because everybody gets a trophy. It's like. You set up your YouTube channel, you set up your Instagram, Facebook, and you deem yourself this expert. When we were mm-hmm. coming up, we had to prove it, and we had mm-hmm. to be knocked down, and we had to, like I talked about with Anita, we had to apprentice, we had to assist, and it was a pride in assisting. Like me today, you guys, mm-hmm. I'm so humbled by what you said, but I will totally assist somebody because an expert will assist. It's mm. not a demeaning thing. It's That's a supportive right. thing. And in that support, I might learn something from both of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm right. saying? So for me, I will always live in the space of I am an expert and I am brilliant at what I do, but guess what? I'm brilliant because I will learn from the next person. Yes. And I am humble mm-hmm. enough to, it's not even humility. It's I will learn by assisting and supporting another artist. So when yes. I support you and I set up your your station in a movie, on a movie set, right then I'm learning from you how you like to be set up. And in the way you mm-hmm. like to be set up, I may not have ever thought of that. Does that make me not an expert? No. It makes me genius no. to the fact that I'm going to listen mm-hmm. and say, ah, I'm going to add that to my expertise. And I'm an artist, not only with what she's telling me or he's telling me, but I will also put in my setup the genius stuff I know. So you learn something. That's not happening today from my perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. If it is, fantastic. But I don't know that I see that as much. Right. Right. There's a lot, you know, um, a list of what you're supposed to do. You know, what are you, what are, what are, I don't see that list. Like as a makeup artist, what does my kit look like? Go down the list. What do I need in my kit? Go down the list. What is, what is the onset etiquette, which is one thing that I used to educate the artists globally at Bobby Brown when I was there. We had a boot camp school where I, not only we discussed the retail part of it, but we talked to artists as artists, and it was very important for me when I was, you know, heading the artistry department that I spoke to artists as artists and understand your etiquette and understand what you're supposed to do on set and what are the expectations of you at an event and all of those things. And I think it's gotten looser because people have mm-hmm. started to own their own YouTube page and own their own expectations. So there's no standards, right? But I mm-hmm, love the makeup mm-hmm. show because they hold that standard, right? And they mm-hmm. continue to hold that artistry standard. And I and I see it sort of blossoming again and sort of becoming, you know, relevant. So that um, mm-hmm. and who else? With Crystal Wright, 
she used to have that whole, and I think she still does, yeah. but I think Crystal Wright was another person who held a standard for artists mm-hmm. that you were able to mm-hmm. measure hair and makeup and styling. Sam Fine was mm-hmm. a part of that, and um, right. Oscar James, and like, don't get really, like, don't get me to start, you know, name dropping, but <sighs> these are people who hold that standard of excellence. You know, P. Diddy talks mm-hmm. about black excellence. It's not even about, it is about black excellence, but it's also about artist excellence. You know, right. mm-hmm. we need that standard. So whenever I work with a, a client or on set, I work to not have to retouch. I retouch while I'm working so that that, mm-hmm. no matter what. But I don't know that that standard is being educated anymore or expected, but I think it's going to come back. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so. How do, how do we, going forward, How what do we do or what can we offer the beauty industry to advance it, to to turn some of those things that we talked about around? Um, how, how do we change what's going on in the beauty industry going forward? I mean, I think definitely education, like was mentioned uh-huh. earlier, but um, definitely training up the new the newbies, uh-huh. you know, the new art. Yeah. But more importantly, I think, is also reinventing the veteran artist. Like, yeah. how do we, how do we as older artists or more experienced artists, you know, maintain our skills? How do we continue our education? You know, because sometimes we can get to the point of thinking that, you know, we've arrived, we're here. You know, I've I've done 20 years in the game. You know, I don't. There's nothing else I can learn because there are people like that out there who think that mm-hmm. we work with them yeah. every day. And so it's like, yeah. how do you get that? <laughs> how do you get that artist to want to educate themselves, like to continue learning, to continue getting better, to sharpen their skills? Because things change, and sometimes we have mm-hmm. to change with them. You know, mm-hmm. our our look, our makeup look, our hand cannot be what we did 20 years ago. There's a, there, it's a new day. It's, it's a new day. That look is no longer. I think so that's like, true. I think the discipline needs to be the same, but we need to elevate and move forward with the innovation. I think innovation yeah. is important, and that is something I totally agree. We have to move forward and look at and sort of be inspired by what's new. But I think discipline, mm-hmm. and I say this because I have a child, and I, and I hear all the time, it's a new day. No, well, not in discipline. It's the same. Okay. And I think if our standards stay the same in terms of our own disciplines and what we, um, our standards for ourselves, our own artistry, that we want to be the airbrushed or we want to make sure our hair looks the best it can be without you know, uh, retouching, if we go in with the highest standards possible and then we learn new innovation, we open our minds as we get older to the new, but the yeah. new, I think the new needs to listen to us in terms of discipline and standards. That's right. And, and we need uh-huh. to look at them for innovation. And if we can do yeah. that, I think we will have the best, you know, moving forward in, in our future in beauty and the standards That's that right. we have. Exactly. Yes, you said exactly, exactly what I was thinking. 
exactly uh, innovation standards. Yeah, we you know standards and innovation. And I I, I mm-hmm. get excited when I think about Crystal Wright because she was right there with all the standards. Like this is what mm-hmm. you need to do. This is how you elevate yourself. This is how you manage your money. This is how you you know act on set. And all of those things mm-hmm. were important for me. And that's how I, you know, moved forward. And then when I think about how I started to book all the TV um, segments and the beauty segments, I um, listened, you know, I thought about that and all of my innovation and what I was doing with that. But then I also, you know, leaned on people like Lloyd Boston and style because he's at a certain level and he told me, you have to stop wearing black. And I was like, what are you talking about? I only wear black. Get out of I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> and then he was like, but you're on TV. When you're on TV, those women or men or whoever's watching you, they're not turned on by black. They're going to be stimulated mm-hmm. by color. And mm-hmm. women in middle America and the world, they want to see feminine. And black is not feminine to mm-hmm. them. And you've got to now – you know, maybe sometimes bring your hair down. And I was like, what? I wear a top knot. Like, it was because so, we're back <laughs> to right? So <laughs> I'm only saying this to say we can grow by listening and we can mm, elevate right. by innovation. But the, but, the, but the standard of focus and, you know, um, our high standards of how we work, and what, those were always intact. But I was listening. Right. I didn't. I did not, you know, he said it, and I was like, okay, I'll wear color. And I remember I wore color. I was on every show, and I'm, you know, all the time. And I hated it, mm-hmm. but it's true. So we've got to listen mm-hmm. also to the experts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not, not only are women watching this show to hear what you have to say or to see the difference that you're going to do, but they're also there to see you. Right. So you're just as mm-hmm. much a part of your presentation as what you're doing. So right, that's and, that's, mm-hmm. great, great and that's the newness, and that's what we can learn from the YouTubers, and that's what we can that's learn right. from the Instagrammers, that they also mm-hmm. have a visual excitement, and um, people are also drawn to them by their visual. It makes it harder for us as the backstage people. Like, really? We've now got to – because we don't usually head down. We're beautifying you. That's what, our, that's mm-hmm. what we learned. But now we have mm-hmm. to learn that we're – I have to tell you this story that I worked with a YouTuber, uh, Instagrammer, and I was going to do her makeup, and I was so – a little intimidated because I was like, I've never – I've worked with celebrities, but and they don't want to be seen until they look fabulous, so it all works for everybody, right? right? <laughs> but right. these YouTubers, they have all these channels. Like, they have a YouTube channel. They've got it two or three Instagram channels. they got a Facebook page, and they want to go live. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. I was booked, at first I said, cool, I'm good. And then I started having anxiety, and I started getting really, like, worked up because I said, oh, my gosh, now not only am I going to do this person who do, does their makeup all day on their, their own, you know, I'm going to be judged on that. I've got to make this person look amazing but what if they start alive? Now, I've got the, the world judging me while mm-hmm. I'm beautifying. You mm-hmm. know, it's crazy. And 
Mm. They're also going to judge me how I look. Absolutely. So another level of craziness mm. going on. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, and standards. And the, go ahead. What's, what's so funny about all that is, you know, they laugh at me on set. Like whenever someone wants to take a picture of me or just, you know, the group of us or something, I always say, wait, 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 I have to put my lipstick on. I've been doing this for years. And so they laugh at me every time I say that. So I always keep lipstick or lip gloss in my set bag so that I'm never Mm -hmm. stuck out there because you just never know. But now on the show that we're working on, all these, you know, step up. So all of these kids, you know, they're dancers, they're actors, and they they always want to go live. Mm -hmm. So something that Janice and I started, even though we have to get up at like sometimes at 4 in the morning, you know, we'll make sure before we leave the house we have like, our eyes done, like our eyeliner and mascara or whatever's done, the brows are done, and then maybe when we get to work before people come in, you know, we'll finish up the rest of our makeup because there's always, every time they come in in the morning that, you know, the phones go up, the lives come on or the Insta stories or something, and they're, and they're getting you in all of this, so it's like I've got to come correct at some point. You know, like you can't get caught out there. You have to, you know, you you have to be you ready. Embrace it. You have to. You have to embrace it. it. It's a new day. So ten years ago, five years ago, but I'd say definitely ten years ago, that wasn't even a thing. I would meet the mm-hmm. I would meet the artist or meet the um, celebrity or whomever at their hotel. I could be in a hoodie. I could be whatever I'm doing. No one would ever know. But now, yeah. and then I would, and if I was doing my TV segments, I would get ready for my TV, TV segments. Now they're one and the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My artistry has to be on point. I've got to look great. And I've mm-hmm. got to be able to speak well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a deciding factor for some people, how you look. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be the most yeah. attractive but do you keep yourself up? They think, you know, hair and makeup and all of that is, is you, you know, taking care of yourself. So they want to know that if you can take care of yourself, then she Absolutely. can take care of me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really a new day in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But what our old school values are, being on time, having our That's kids right. clean, That's having right. all of those things together, those are still um, major standards. And I know when I you know, hire an assistant or I book a, 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 a artistry team for a shoot. Um, if I'm directing, all of those things apply, you know, yeah. no dirty brushes, no dirty kit, no, you know, get it together. No long super. Now that's a new thing for me. I'm getting used to watching the makeup artists with these long nails. That has never been for me something that is acceptable um, it's an old school thing. I've got to start looking at things maybe a little different. I'm in, I'm in the place where I do I, I don't know where I am with it at this point, but I'm watching <laughs> all of these artists with these like nails while doing makeup. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, um, that. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because, yeah. you know, I have to think about like whenever I'm at work and I'm washing my hands, I make sure. I clean under my nails, like I get the soap everything under my nails and the, the little nails I have left, <laughs> you know, making sure I'm cleaning up under under my nails. And so it makes me wonder sometimes with people who have really long nails, what's under there? Wait, are, are they thinking about that? Because they're so worried about their image now 
yes. they need the nails because I I just did a women's wear daily um, panel. And I remember watching the Mac artist the night before, and her nails were impeccable, and they were the long nails. And I'm old school, so I was like, ooh, I'm going to be on the panel the next day. Let me get my nails done. Now, I was not fluent, <laughs> I have to be honest, which is not typical for me because I'm usually like, I'll do my own thing. But I was like, oh, my God, I got to get my nails done. And I did, and I will tell you, everybody talked about my nails. They were like, oh, my God, your nails are so amazing. They looked amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God I did my nails. But thank God for the math mm-hmm. artist because I would never have done them based on my old school thinking. There's so mm-hmm. much new that we can learn. I wasn't actually yeah. doing makeup um, in the panel, so it was okay. But then later I had to do makeup later, and it, it became, to me, a little bit tough for me to actually do makeup the way I normally do it. So we also have to evolve and we have to look at things that make sense for the art, um, but also for the elevation. So I don't know. Um, You know what? Um, I hired a young lady to do some braids for me on set. Um, It was Michael Braids. And she came in and her nails were like, it had to have been like, seven inches long and so and she's a braider you know and they were like seven inches long and they were the stiletto nails so Mm -hmm. I'm like well maybe you know when I saw it I'm like well maybe she'll you know she can she can really braid with these nails because I couldn't understand it why she had those nails that long knowing she was going to (laughs) be braiding so she started braiding the hair and you know, it was taking her a while, and the nails were clicking and clacking, you know, clicking and clacking <laughs> while she was braiding the hair, and nope. but she was going very slow. And now, mind you, she's a braider, so I'm expecting her to be, you know, braiding very fast and, yeah. you know, whatever. So finally I said, how can you braid with those long nails? And she finally was like, you know what, I can't. I'll pop them off. And she went to uh-uh. the class crane and popped each one of them off. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> and wow. Then when she, yes. I'm actually and pretty much them, done. Yes. <laughs> well, she, uh, yes, she was, actually. <laughs> we ended up braiding it ourselves after that. You know, it was like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, when it gets in, in, in the way of you doing your job, then you have to rethink things, you know. So I had to tell you that story because that was like it for me. It was it. And we, she ended up, yeah, we didn't use her anymore. And um, we ended up breaking it ourselves. (laughs) But I think in in the full picture, which is, that is hilarious, is that, you know, there's an expert versus um, influencer. And I, it's not versus, Mm -hmm. I think there are two, there, there are two different spaces. And I think we can learn from both. They can learn from mm-hmm. us, and we can learn from them. And I think there's mm-hmm. a balance in the middle as to where we're going in this industry. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. it should be led by influencers because I don't think that really benefits the consumer. And I think the right. expert definitely is focused on the consumer, but I think the influencer brings newness, and I think they bring mm-hmm. their perspective and their own um, ideas and their opinions. 
on the product, mm-hmm. how it works for them. So I think there's a benefit there. Um, as long as the retailers continue to allow that to be organic, it, you know, if they're being compensated in a way where they're being, um, you know, com- compromised, it's not going to mm-hmm. help the cause. Whereas the expert mm-hmm. for me I'm not being compensated, so I just tell it how it is. And I work at, I work with mm-hmm. 10 people or five people or a client, and I will say I love this product because it worked on three different skin tones or eight different whatever you know, and myself. But when you're an influencer and you say, I tried this and I don't like it because it didn't work on me, you know, and then mm-hmm. you're paid half a million dollars, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see how that's going to, you know, progress. And, and and there's no problem with that if it works in terms of everybody getting a benefit out of it. So I think there's room for influencers, and I think there is room for experts. And I think as we merge and partner together, it's going to make a stronger beauty industry. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Ladies, this could go on and on and on. I mean, so many things to talk about um, in this beauty industry. Um, I wish we had more time. Um, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> um, but we just got to gotta wake up early. <laughs> yeah, I know we have to go. What are you guys working on? We are working on um, Step Up, the second season, and we're about to wrap soon. (laughs) Where are you guys filming? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. We are in Atlanta. Uh, Oh, we're in Atlanta. Okay. Cool. Love it. Yeah, Yeah, and Boomerang, we start this week. And we end at the uh, the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh wow! Right after the holiday. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they're turning that movie into a TV series. Oh wow! Cool. Yes. yes. Boomerang is in a from a different perspective. They have it. Um, you know how uh, Marcus and Angela they have a child. So and Jacqueline has a child. If you all are familiar with the first boomerang and um mm-hmm. it's from the children's perspectives and uh Halle Berry she's going to be she's gonna probably have a cameo and um you know it's gonna be pretty cool. That sounds it's gonna so be cool. really cool how they do it. Yes. Um this book is amazing and I can't wait till you all see it when it comes out. Can't nice. wait. Nice, nice well, if nice. you haven't already Go out and check out um, uh, The Hate You Give. Just came out in Atlanta last wow. week, and I believe. When does it release nationwide? Do you? This, this do you Friday. See? Oh, this, this Friday. This, this Friday that just passed? Yes. No, this Friday coming okay. up. The, uh, the 19th. Okay. Yeah, the 19th. That's the movie that Anita talked me into doing. Um, Oh, I love it. I'm looking forward to that. 
all the newness that's going to happen in the industry and all the support and everything that's going to help our industry grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it and and looking forward to being a part of um, all the new growth and all the newness. All of us. Well, thank you, ladies. Have a great night. Um, And um, we will be chatting with you guys soon. Love it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for having Thank me. You. Have a good night, everyone. You're you welcome. You as well. You Sleep well. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And why don't you just shout out our social media handles as well? You can follow us on Facebook. We're uh, Beauty Talk Online Radio. On Twitter, we're Beauty underscore Talk. And on Instagram, we're Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media. And on, <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, you can follow Janice and I both. It's just simply our names, um, at Janice Tunnell and at Denise Tunnell. Janice is spelled J-A-N-I-C-E. Tunnell is T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And I'm Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, T-U-N-N-E-L-L. All right. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday. And stay um, stay posted to our social media. We'll post who our guests will be, um, and <clears throat> have a wonderful evening. And, again, a big shout-out to um, all of our listeners who will listen to this show on the playback. Thank you for our live listeners. Um, we talked about uh, her earlier. Don't know if she's listening or not, but a big shout-out to Anita Gibson. Um, and for all of those makeup artists who – I just want to say, for all those makeup artists who – don't mind and don't have a problem with giving back to the industry for those who um, who are big on lifting other artists up, sharing with other artists, and just paying it forward. We greatly appreciate you, um, and Anita is big on that. A big thank you, um, again, to our followers all around the world. And I think Cindy mentioned, um, she was just talking about the differences, you know, with beauty and just in general, you know, the different places around the world. So we hope that um, we have inspired uh, some of you artists around the world. Um, uh, So we thank you for your continued support. Thank you for continuing to listen. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Janice and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter Narcisse, Tim Bucharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, A.J. Crimson, Michael Develis, C. 
Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda, Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going, and we know you are too. 